Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined as ever by Josh. Good, very early morning, Josh. Good, very early afternoon, Gray. Yeah, this is normal time for me, not for you. But we are here because we are joined by Sam Lee, the Manchester City correspondent for Goal.com. Welcome. This is your second visit to our show, Sam. So welcome back to our little corner of the Internet. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me again. Uh, a pleasure as always to have you. So this is going to be sort of a two-part thing. We're going to, because we we are the last pot city podcast on Earth to kind of do a sort of general look back at the season. Um, and obviously, while we have Sam Lee here with the transfer window poised open, we're obviously going to ask him about some transfers. So we will get to that later on in the show. So listen for that. But let's start with... Um, our general reactions to the season, and we we've had oh we've only had about two weeks to ruminate on this now, but um, uh, City end up finishing third. They go straight into the group stage um, in the Champions League without having to do that playoff nonsense again like they did last season. Um, I think that there is sort of a tinge of disappointment. But as I said to Josh on a recent episode, I think that if there was ever going to be a season where Pep Guardiola got something of a mulligan, it was going to be this one, his first one. Um, so in in terms of, um, I don't know, whatever you measure up against your expectations, Sam, I just, uh, I don't know, like maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, because... The season, I feel like, went through like these periods where they started so well, and then they had that swoon, and then they sort of got it back together towards the end, went on an unbeaten run, and finished so well. So, looking over that, like, what do you what do you take from this season? Obviously, that this is very much a work in progress. We know that, but beyond that, what have you seen? What what have you um, just in, in talking to players and? Assessing it on your own, what do you think the general feeling around this season is for Manchester City? Well, I think well the players are always going to look look forward and take the positives and all that because that's just what they're programmed to do and it's just how all, all footballers work. Um, but I mean that is, I think that's pretty much how I'm looking at it as well. Um, I can obviously understand um, disappointment from fans, and I think you know in terms of results certainly and performances a lot of times. Um, it was disappointing, um, whether it lived up to expectations or not as well. Um, maybe that comes down to our expectations, but I was I was up there. I was expecting a lot from Guardiola. But I think once once we look at all the factors and um, the squad and the fact that not even just the squad, but a lot of times they played they played games with the 11, which were pretty much a Pellegrini 11, um, not really players capable of playing the way Guardiola wants. Um, which particularly is the case in in defence. Um, so yeah, overall, like results wise, I think it's definitely fair to say it's disappointing. Um, but I think there has been enough progress, enough signs of progress. I think the players who are staying um, have, you know, they're working with the manager now and they know what he wants and they're more used to it. And obviously, as as we'll get to with the transfers and the money the city want to spend this summer, I've I really do think there is a lot of promise for what's to come. So, yeah, it was disappointing. But if I were to be a City fan, and this is even without having signed Bernardo Silva and Aderson already, I, I, I would still be, you know, I would still be very or convinced almost that 
you know, things are going to get much, much better. And, and obviously City have already started in the transfer market early, so that only only backs that up. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a big part of it is that it, the FA Cup semifinal left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I yeah. think if they go on to if they win that game and after the performance Chelsea put in in the final, um, it's hard to sit there and say, well, gee, maybe City would have had a shot at winning that trophy. Mm. I think the way they went out of that competition so late in the season, when it was the only thing that they really could win at that point. I mean, you don't get a trophy for top four as much as Arsene Wenger would like you to, but um, the the way that they they played that game when it was basically the only trophy they had left to play for, I think left a a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think had they managed to go on and win that trophy, I think people are end up feeling from result standpoint, a little bit better about the season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But definitely. Yeah. I, I agree completely with you that there there's, there's kind of two ways to look at it. Obviously I think some people expect, expect a lot and not necessarily wrongly. So, but um, at, at the same time, I think it was a sort of a, a fact that a lot of people didn't want to admit that there was always going to be some a transition period here because they were going to a very complex setup from, let's be honest, rather a much more simple setup. Um, Josh, what do you think about just a, a wide-angle view of the season? Well, my biggest problem with the season, as you mentioned, is is you look at the talent that City have, then you look at the results they got. There were several games in there where I felt, I don't want to say disappointed, but I felt like there were performances that City could have put in that they didn't. Uh, it was It was sort of perplexing how you could look at the end of the season and then say, all right, how is it that they weren't playing like this the entire time? Especially you look at that Watford game, it all seemed to come together at the end. Um, Was this just a matter of of City settling into Guardiola's style of play? Or is this something that was related to the the players? Like, it it just... The players weren't capable of pulling this off. Which one is it? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Um, there were certainly players that were never going to get it, um, no matter how long they they've been there or or worked with Guardiola. I mean, the the obvious the obvious one is the fullbacks. Um, yeah, they just, they just couldn't well, do it. I was going to ask about that. I was a little surprised that Bakari Sanya was. Was not, not that he was let go, but I was a little surprised at the way that 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 he was kind of shuttered out of the season. Um, he just ne- it, he, and, and to you, you had said something about him not getting it. What what were the struggles with the players not getting it? Well, I mean, in some senses, like people like like Sanya, um, obviously with him, he he can't cover the ground so like you know he physically can't can't run up and down as much as what Guardiola wants so there's so there's that aspect um and then you've got some who are like maybe technically can't can't pull off some of the some of the intricacies of the of of what's demanded a bit like Clichy as well because you know Clichy is like overall a solid probably now a lower Premier League defender but for the type of things that were being asked of him he's just 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 basically not good enough but then also there's other there's other um 
part of the Guardiola system when when Guardiola earlier in the in the season was kind of defending Bravo and the passes out from the back when people saying you know there, there wasn't really much of this passing from the back from the goalkeeper which everyone was expecting um it's because behind the scenes people like Sanya and Clichy particularly they just they couldn't really get where to to position themselves when you know in, like, in relation to their teammates and when a certain player had the ball um, there were just things like that they just they just weren't getting so when you kind of combine the understanding of it um, the ability to carry it out and then also just factors like age like I say with Sanya just just physically incapable of, of covering the covering the distance then you've just got you've just got loads of different reasons there why certain players can't contribute and, and again if you look at the players they want to they want to sign now for the fullback positions. It's just such a contrast in how much ground they can cover, in the contributions they can make in defence and attack. And presumably, um, Guardiola believes that they'll be able to pick up what he wants in terms of the positional play system as well. So, so yeah, there, there are loads of reasons why certain players just just didn't get it. And also, you know, there are some players who who will have got it more and more over the season, but that that takes a few months too. So even the ones who do get it now, they they take a while as well. I kind of put the city squad in three camps, which is that the people who were capable of playing the way that Guardiola wants to play from day one, um, the people who are were capable and, and got it very quickly, um, the people who are capable but took much longer to get down what to, to be able to do what was expected of them, uh, and I would put Sergio Aguero into that category, and the people who were simply never going to get it and are simply not capable. Um, and I, I, I think he figured it out fairly quickly, but I, I always got the sense that Guardiola took a couple months to figure out what his best team was for his purposes, for his sake. Um, because obviously he, he, he was playing the same general you know, the same general players in the same general positions. Gabriel Jesus' arrival, I think, helped him immensely in terms of being able to uh, tweak things the way he wanted to tweak them. But I always got the impression that he he, he he figured out very early on which of these players weren't going to do it for him, uh, stuck to the ones who did, and it took him quite a while to figure out how how to make this group work for his purposes. Yeah, well... I mean, we can see that that was kind of an evolving situation all the way up until the end as well, because Jesus Navas was only really used as a right back for the last few weeks of the season. And then as soon as he did it a couple of times, the idea was that he was going to, you know, he was he was doing it a lot. And yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of time taken to to work out who could exactly do what. Um, and yeah, yeah, you're right on that. Um, he did he did kind of take a while to to settle on things. But then, in terms of the best eleven thing you mentioned, or the best team, I think he we always makes changes anyway. I know I know people made a lot of how many well he'd made so many changes this season and how it was the most in the Premier League, and that was somehow a bad thing. But I think he'd all, he's he'd made the the most in the Bundesliga when when he was winning everything with Bayern. It's it's all changing things around one to. Um, because it depends on the opponent and the kind of things that um, the kind of characteristics that he needs. Maybe they need more men in midfield to dominate the ball, or maybe they need faster players on the wings because they're playing away and more likely to have more space to run into or whatever. But there's also um, to keep them fresh for the different competitions. And 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure about this best 11 thing. And I think going forward, it's going to have to be something that we kind of forget about. I think the way um, football fans are, are thinking about football now, I think it's going to have to change. Uh, it's something I tweeted about the other week. Uh, you look at Chelsea and Leicester. They won the Premier League last two years with no European football at all. Real Madrid, they've obviously now won the double. Um, by the last few weeks of the season, they were playing with an A team and a B team. Just completely different lineups, but full of quality players. And I just think with the way the calendar's going and the way that the rich clubs are, are going, they've kind of got the ability now to, to stockpile a lot of talent. And it doesn't really, it doesn't matter if you've got more than three players for three positions because it was always, you know, Real Madrid, it was always the BBC, the BBC, sorry. But look at the weekend and Isco played instead and you've got Morata as well. And you've just got that flexibility to change things. And I think... And like I said, I said that a few weeks ago, but it does seem like that's what Guardiola is actually trying to do with the transfer targets. And going back to last season, yeah, it took him a while to juggle the options and work out who was best at doing what. Um, but going forward, I think he wants everybody to be able to do it. And there's going to be an awful lot of competition for places because he just basically doesn't want another season like last one. And as you said, if anyone was going to get a mulligan, it was last season and he won't get another one. Yeah. Um I'm I'm curious uh, how you evaluated, particularly in 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 bigger games, because one of the bigger criticisms of of Pellegrini's teams, particularly in his final season, was that they were flat track bullies. Basically, they beat up on lesser teams at home. They sometimes beat up on lesser teams away, but they weren't beating the Chelsea's. Well, no, not last year, but the the, the Tottenham's. Yeah, yeah. The Tottenham's, even the Arsenal's, um, he had he had a particularly poor record against the I believe, top six or top eight or whatever it was last season. Um, I thought City were better this year, particularly at home. Um, I thought they could have easily beaten Tottenham. They did beat Arsenal. They uh, could have beaten United. They did beat Liverpool, or they could have beaten Liverpool in my mind. And even the Chelsea game, obviously, I, I, I think it's fair to talk about Kevin De Bruyne hitting the post as possibly the, yeah, yeah. the moment of the entire season. So um, yeah, how, how did you assess that? It felt like the performances were improved, but the results still weren't quite coming for them. And I, I yeah. think part of it down to, you know, there were individual mistakes in there. There were some things that just went against them, just these fluky things like the Tottenham game in particular. They were, um, I think they were 2-1 up. Uh, Sterling could have had a penalty at one end and then Tottenham went down the other end and immediately leveled. So uh, things like that. But I, I think my general assessment was that, was that they're closer, but they, they need to find a way to like turn those draws into victories, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree with that. Um, the results weren't necessarily better than under Pellegrini, particularly in the last season, but the performances really were. And I just think that's the difference we're talking about in terms of um, the quality of the players or maybe the understanding of the players. Uh, it just wasn't quite there, and they they missed little details. And you know, this isn't this isn't really new, is it? You know, I'm sure you guys have been speaking about it all season. Um, Guardiola's been speaking about it all season about the look and. Either the look or the quality the in both boxes. Yeah. yeah. Boxes. And um, I read over an interview with Manal Estiate, who's Guardiola's right-hand man. He's basically been... He's not on the coaching staff, but he's basically got a, a really important role at City, and he's had it at Barca and Bayern. And he's been saying much much the same in terms of, you know, just the little details that went against them, whether it was referees or, you know, their own inability to defend or, or inability to score goals, that kind of thing. But... Again, 
it ties back into what I said right at the start about it was a disappointing season um, in terms of the results. But I think there there is an, there are enough signs there to to suggest that you know with a few more with a few more signings um, and a bit more money spent um, and then just basically the right investment, then things are going in the right direction because yeah the the will to play and the desire to play is there and it's just it's just missing a few things which you would think Guardiola will get right I I do want to get on transfers but Josh I I just as we sort of wrap this topic up I say what what do you take from this season like what do you think what what positives did you because I think there were positives on show what do you take from this season that makes you think Okay, yeah, because I think we both agree, I think all three of us agree, that City are quite clearly and firmly on the right track. Um, so in, in evaluating the season, what do you take from it that makes you think, yeah, the, this was positive, I think, I think we really got something here? Like I say, I think it's the it's the desire and willingness to do what he wants, and there are still things that need... Um, that need to be updated. I mean, if you look at the Monaco game where we sent them there and said, look, keep attacking, keep trying to create chances because that's our strength. And they didn't. The players, maybe maybe it's not just an English thing, maybe it's all over the world, but the, the kind of received wisdom is um, if you've got a lead in a game or a tie, then you defend and hold on to it. But Guardiola is trying to change that mentality to get them to do that. So that's the kind of thing that's still lacking. But yeah, what makes me think all this is is the fact that the players, they've been given a new style of football and it seems like, you know, they want to carry it out and presumably the ones who don't want to carry it out will be moved on and guys who do want to carry it out will be moved in. And, and we've we've seen many times last season, even when the results weren't good, um, that it is good, it is exciting, it is, it is fun to watch and it, it can deliver success. Um, and that's why I think it's things look promising really because... Yeah, there have been problems, but despite those problems, things are still they are still moving towards what he wants, and there is a willingness to do it. And as you've seen from any Guardiola team, I think it is it's always worth trying to play his way because it's so vastly successful and exciting as well. Josh, what do you think about that? Um, the positives. I mean, there were definitely positives. I mean, when when you look at the way that City were playing at the end, particularly the Watford game, I keep coming back to that because I feel like that was sort of the culmination of everything that Guardiola had wanted. Um, I, I, I feel like this team got it, but at the same time, there's going to be so many players that are moved on. I feel like they're going to have to start all over again. Yeah, so yeah, fair point. I, 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 I just wonder is for, for, for me is the, is the goal for Guardiola this season to get, cause I'm noticing that these transfer, uh, Transfers are happening way before the window. Like, the goal seems to be get these guys in for the USA run so that way we can assess what we got. And if they do get Alexi Sanchez, obviously he won't be able to to, to be there because of the Confederation Cup. But mm. by and large, a lot of their targets are going to be available. Is, is the goal for them to sort of start early because that's – really what hurt them was that they just they didn't have quite the start that you would want even though they did if that yeah, makes ab- sense yeah yeah a- a- absolutely um 
the thing is, last year they had all their targets pretty much in place in February and March as well, much like they have done now. But um, obviously Laporte, as I wrote last week from Athletic, he didn't he didn't come. He decided last minute not to. But I think what the difference is now is City have realised that even though last year they had everything, well, a lot of things lined up. It was kind of it was it was, they had things here and there lined up. So yeah, they got Gundogan in um, pretty early on. But everything else kind of dragged on, and obviously the centre-back situation didn't help. The difference now is they've got everything lined up, but they know exactly what they want and in which positions. So they've got the the five kind of fundamental targets uh, for their for their five key positions. So that's the goalkeeper, a left-back and a right-back, um, Bernardo Silva, who they obviously thought we can't afford to let go anywhere else, and also the, another forward, which is Alexis. Um, and they are the five fundamental ones, and they are the five they really think they're going to get. Um, now, if you ask me, in my opinion, just you know, if I if I hadn't spoken to people who who were confident, I would say probably like anybody else. Look, it's going to be really difficult that Alexis Sanchez is allowed to leave Arsenal to go to City. But that said, City do believe they're going to get him, and, and as part of this five, and I think that is the difference, to get the business done early, but also to concentrate that business on the key areas that they really need to do, and then, yeah, everybody apart from anybody who's at the, the Confederations Cup, they will be there for pre-season training on the first day, um, and then, yeah, they'll be there for America, they've got that camp in LA for about five or six days, and then as soon as they come back to England, they'll they'll be ready to go at it again. Um, and yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what they want to do. They want to move fast, but also they wanted to move fast last year, but they just learned their lessons this time around. And they're basically doing everything they can to get it done, which is kind of why they're probably going to end up spending. Like the rumors about Virgil van Dijk and whether he comes to city or not, I'm not sure, but the rumors about 60 million pound wouldn't surprise me because they just think, well, we need to, if we need to do it, then we need to do it. And they're going to spend the extra money because really, it doesn't really matter. And they don't want to get to April or May next year and go, oh, we wish we'd done that. So basically they're doing whatever it takes to, to get who they want as early as possible. Yeah, I, I just want to follow up on that because you you, you look at the CAS uh, uh, that, that the transfer van could potentially come down. Is, is there uh, anything to that whole Benjamin Garay thing that, like, just looking yeah. reasonably because it's it's... I, I know that uh, whatever little club it is 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 appealing to the uh, the CAS uh, with regards to both Manchester City and FIFA over what they consider, I believe, the tapping off of Benjamin Garay and mm. um, is is there is there any potential threat to like any I mean I don't know if you would know but um, is there any reason to really be sit, sitting here worried about that and thinking hmm maybe they're worried about something to be spending all this money this summer? Well. I mean, I don't, I don't know. And the difference is because when this story first came out, all the news was, you know, it, they could get a ban similar to Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid in terms of the transfer ban. But that was for, you know, that was for a load of different violations. And that was, um, I think that was FIFA who brought the cases. In this case, FIFA and the FA have already cleared City of actually doing anything wrong. And it's Velez who have taken City and FIFA and the FA to court because they still believe that um, that they've been they've been hard done by, so they're going to need to to have irrefutable proof, really, of what they say. Because, like I said, they've taken all the governing bodies to court as well. Um, I think there was a precedent for that 
must have been a god. It was about five or six years ago now when Chelsea got um, took to a tribunal about signing Gael Kakuta, and I think Kakuta got banned for a, a few years himself. The player um, Chelsea got a transfer ban, but they ended up appealing and getting it overturned. Um, so I suppose the precedent is City may get a ban, but they may be able to appeal it and get it overturned. Whereas obviously Atletico Madrid and Barcelona weren't able to do that. Um, so it's, it really is difficult to say because it's basically Velez who feel aggrieved and they would need to to prove it. Um, in terms of reading into City's business um, and saying, oh, maybe that's why they're spending so much money this summer. I mean, it does. It certainly does tally. But there are a load of other reasons why City want to spend so much money this summer. As we say, um, they don't want to miss out. And also, they've got so many gaps in the squad. They need to do it. So even if this ban wasn't hanging over them, I think they'd be trying to look at spending the same kind of money, regardless, to be honest. Okay. It, does does that mean when that they are looking at Kylian Mbappe in, in a serious fashion, or is this just sort of a want that could happen if the dice fall a certain way? What's, what's the deal with Kylian Mbappe? Because... As we sit here and read, we don't know what's true, but Monaco appear to be asking an ungodly sum for a player that's just 18. And to my mind, you know, you can get that out of a Pogba, but to ask that much for Kylian Mbappe seems, I don't know, it just, it, it seems odd. Like he had a good season, but 110 million pounds? Really? I don't know about that. Yeah, um, that yeah, I, I think it's the figure I've heard recently is 120 million euros, so it's probably not too far off that in pounds. But yeah, that is that is what they want. And there was a report at the end of last season, and this was the first time I'd ever heard ever heard of him. I must admit. So at the end of last um, transfer window, City had bid about 40 million euros for him when he was about 17, and you think, wow, okay. But it was on the last day, and there was other stuff going on, so you kind of just put it on the back burner. So it's obvious that City are big admirers of him and they have been for some time and I think the situation is they really want him and they and they don't want him to go elsewhere but yeah I think they would ideally wait until uh, next summer I don't think they'd have any problem getting him in the team now if they if they could get him they'd, they'd happily play him and Alexis Sanchez if they can get him as well as all the other forwards um, that they've got already apart from Kelechi obviously who's going to be moved on and then, but I think it's just mainly because there's so many other teams now looking. Uh, and if you, you know United aren't getting Griezmann, so maybe they'll they'll look. And it turns out Arsenal not have made a bid. Um, obviously Real Madrid are always interested. So I think, yeah, as you said, it's it's one of those things that they want they want to happen. Uh, ideally, I think they'd wait, but I think they want it so much. If they had to do it this summer because of other clubs. Um, wanting to and if they could do it because if Mbappe chose Madrid, uh, chose City over Madrid um, then they would do it but yeah as you say um, it does need the cards to fall in a certain way and as I said earlier they've got the five targets identified which doesn't include a centre-back it doesn't include a central midfielder and it doesn't include Mbappe but everything kind of depends on each other because as I say if Mbappe can be signed then they might spend that money on him, and if Vincent Company can stay fit, they may not sign a centre back. Um, but obviously, if Mbappe doesn't come, then all of a sudden they've got another hundred million or so 
to spend elsewhere. So, like I say, they've got the, the first five targets, and then all the rest kind of depend on each other. And Mbappe is in that second category of, oh, we want it to happen. It could happen. We don't know if it is going to happen. Let's see. Whereas the first five are, we want these. We think they're going to come. We're going to work hard to get them done before July. Right. Um, Josh, I hope that I makes think, sense. Yes, it, it does. Uh, <laughs> Josh, I think I think we both uh, we we talked. Uh, I my 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 sense was, and there's no like inside information based on this, but my gut is that Mbappe is a guy who has talked like a guy who isn't really in a hurry to move to the first club that comes in for him either. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's, he says, "Well, I want to play. I, I want to be somewhere where I can play regularly." Um, and if that's at Monaco, then so be it, is basically what he said. So the, the, the thing I get is that this, I'm not convinced that he moves this summer, which would work to City's favor, I think. But, um, yeah, that's, that's just me projecting. There's no real gut on, it's just kind of a gut thing. But, um, I, okay, so we have Bernardo Silva in the door. Aderson is in the door, even if it hasn't been announced yet. Um, Sam, it sounded like Benjamin Mendy was close, but not done. I, you know, there's a million different reports on it that, that really what they're doing is haggling over a fee. Uh, what, what's the most recent you can tell us about, uh, that transfer? Yeah, the most recent I can say for sure is that he, he is one of the ones the city think they're going to get. They're very confident of, um, there's a, Again, there's a few little whispers you hear and hear um, hear everywhere. Really, um, I, I do still think it is close, if not um, if not done already. I think we'll have to wait and see what will happen until after the the France games, because they had a weekend off, and it, it was kind of rumoured that he was going to fly in over the weekend. Obviously, he didn't, uh, unless they kept it very quiet. But no, I don't think I don't think he was in at all. Um, I think Monaco. Maybe pushing to try and keep him. City are of the opinion that if they don't get um, Mendy or Carl Walker, who I presume we'll come to in a moment, it'll be because their clubs in the end decide not to sell. It won't be because they go anywhere else. So while there's been talk about Liverpool and Chelsea and United for Mendy, City, as far as they're concerned, they think that Mendy wants to come to City. Um, If he doesn't come in the end, it's maybe because Monaco go well, we're not selling, or if they somehow convince him to stay. But the the basic message is, again, that City do think they are going to still sign him, but it's looking like now any other announcements are kind of going to have to wait until these internationals are finished because now we're really getting into, you know, there's games at the end of the week and next weekend, so people really aren't thinking about transfers now. And if they wanted to do it last week, they kind of missed the boat. But obviously there's still plenty of time and, yeah, the latest update I can give you is they they do think they're going to get both Mendy and Walker. Yeah, Walker was the next one. We got we got a question mm. about this. Is is it a lock? Um, I, I'm guessing the answer is no. But you know, on a, on a scale of uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic with the goal at his mercy to Jesus Navas with the goal at his mercy, how confident hmm. are we that that, that Kyle Walker? Uh, it, who it sounds like is very willing to make the move, but it sounds like, as you said with Mendy, the obstacle is Tottenham would much rather keep him. Is the impression I've gotten? Is that uh, mostly on the mark? And uh, what what do you think the odds are of that one happening? Because it's been rumored for so long 
dating back yeah. even before the season ended. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, City have been, this is it, City have been working on these deals for ages, and the reason they're so close now is because, you know, they, they're convinced the players want to come, and obviously the players would have told them at some point that, that they do want to come, which, which is why they're still interested. Um, and, yeah, nothing's ever a lock, because as a as we might get onto with Laporte at Athletic, you know, they thought they were going to get him a year ago and then they prepared all the contracts and everything. And he said, yes, on the Friday night or before that. And then on, they'd left over the weekend and on the Sunday night, he rang cheeky Bagiristan and said, I'm not coming. I'm going to stay here. So nothing's ever a lock. Um, but yeah, it sounds, it sounds really good regarding Walker and, and Mendy. And maybe the clubs are putting up a bit of resistance at the end. You know, maybe that's just, gamesmanship or brinkmanship or whatever to to get a bit more money and certainly Daniel Levy at Tottenham I mean you could have you could have predicted that he was going to be difficult but that is what I've heard I think you know City have come away from talks thinking God I'm glad that's over or I will be (laughs) I'm glad I'll be glad when they when they do sell him but yeah I think it kind of those situations as well depend on others because if Spurs were to get a better offer for somebody else maybe they'd go we don't we don't want to lose Walker at the same time as somebody else and maybe if Mbappe does go then Monaco think well we don't want to sell Mendy and oh now we've got 120 million euros so we don't need to sell him either so these things can change but like I say the the basic thing is City are still confident they're going to get him both of them Mm -hmm. you could even argue that you know supporters watch these things I know in Spain in particular they do these things to make it look like well we tried very very hard but you know um, the the whole dog and pony show to make to uh to make it look like they fought, they fought valiantly but lost in an effort to keep their players. Um, I know you touched briefly on Alexis Sanchez. Um, just in your personal opinion, you know, based on what you know and you know common sense and everything, how likely is this really? Because obviously it seems that he's been made one of, if not their top target for the summer. Um. I, they're obviously projecting confidence. Sanchez, you know, we've heard so many things on Sanchez. We've heard mm. that his agent wants Bayern, but he yeah. doesn't want Bayern. He would prefer City. We've heard that Arsenal would obviously, and that's just common sense, that Arsenal, if they have to sell him, would obviously prefer Bayern to City because different league. Um, you, you know, t- taking all that into account, and I expect this to be a saga. This is gonna. I expect this to drag yeah. on for a while because it's just... There's a lot of moving parts, and logistically, it's going to be a difficult one. But um, just judging from um, from what you've heard and what you know, you know, beyond City's apparent confidence in this, how realistic is it to expect them to get Sanchez done? Mm. Now, the the thing is, yeah, like you say, it is gonna. You would expect it to drag on because even if. Alexis says to Arsenal, look, I'm not going anywhere else. It's, it's, it's just going to need time, really, for Arsenal to kind of come round to the idea of actually selling them. They're not going to say straight away, OK, we'll decide to City then. They're going to want to kind of play hardball and, and force it. So even if it does happen, I really can't see it being done anytime soon. But again, with City, they put in so much work. Um, they really wouldn't still be pursuing it now. You know, it is obviously early days in terms of the transfer window, but it's two or three months down the line in terms of the legwork they put into it. And there was even, you know, there were reports in Chile as far back as January, maybe even sooner, that, that Guardiola had already rang Alexis himself to try and persuade him. 
Guardiola denied that in pretty much the strongest possible terms. But, you know, people deny a lot, deny a lot of things in public and they kind of have to as well because it's a ser- pretty serious claim in terms of tapping up. So City, they're so far down the line with Alexis and they still do see it happening. But yeah, as you say, it is going to take Arsenal a long time to to maybe come round to the idea that he's not going to go anywhere else. And, and even then, City presumably don't know whether Arsenal go, well, we're not, we're just not going to sell him then. And maybe they'll keep him for a year and it doesn't matter where he goes a year down the line. You know, maybe Arsenal are going to be stronger now. Maybe this is part of the new Arsenal, even though Wenger's still there, that maybe they're going to be a bit more decisive and, you know, be a bit, play a bit more hardball. And that's something that City can't really know about for sure. Nobody can predict and, yeah, like I say, where whereas I can say that City are confident and I think that, you know, that's well placed for all the players. It seems that, you know, Walker and Mendy, there's more chance of them coming. But with Alexis there are so many different moving parts. It I don't think anybody could say for certain that it's gonna happen. Even Alexis himself, because he might tell Arsenal for two or three months that he wants to go to City, but they might just not sell. It, it's it is impossible to say. Josh, I know you've you've talked about <laughs> Arsenal don't haven't has historically haven't really had the uh, the the uh, the wherewithal to resist these things when it right. comes to City. Yeah. <laughs> right, they, they they tend to. At, I mean, it may take a while, but eventually Arsenal seem to sell on to City, whether it's Nasri or. I mean, take your pick. I mean, they they usually get their targets from Arsenal. How even, likely even Van Persie United? Yeah, that yeah, is in the same vein. How how likely is this? Like, if you were to put it on on you know Gab Marcotti's uh, uh, a transfer meter rating, what would you set this as in terms of one to ten a, a likelihood of getting done? Yeah, there is a, there is still a, there is still a, a very good likelihood of it getting done, I think. But um, as we said, just because of the moving parts, um, I think I don't think it'd go any higher than a, than a seven. Um, but that is basically basically because Bagheerstein and Soriano and whoever else was involved in doing deals with City, they they're convinced, and that must be based on something. But you know, the last three, that you know, means we can't get up to a ten. It's based on all the other things that can go wrong, and it's so delicate. And if he was at a foreign club who didn't mind selling, then it would be much easier. But it just the fact he's at Arsenal and the fact that it's, they don't want to sell to City again and everything that's gone before, it is difficult. So yeah, but I'd still say I'd still say a seven, which is still a, a relatively high mm-hmm. chance I'd say for such a complicated transfer. I would say yeah, I would agree. So that's that's the big five that we kind of know very firmly that City are in for. Now, I believe uh, you were one of the uh, reporters who has said that it's possible that we could be looking at six or seven before the window ends. Yeah. Um, so let, let's let's go to these some of these other positions, and there's there's been two in particular. I know there have been so many rumors about a center back, and the latest speculation seems to center around Virgil Van Dyke at Southampton. Um, and the the possibility that we've heard Leonardo Benucci's name again. I know Josh has talked about on this podcast about the chances of maybe Leonardo Benucci coming again after the flirtation last summer. I know you wrote the story about Laporta 
basically not being on their radar any, anymore with sort of the message being, well, you had your chance and you turned us down, so we're not doing that again. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, what, what have... what? How serious is City's interest in the center back position that you know of, and um, uh, what are there, are any of these names legitimate? Like, we, I, I might as well combine this because we got a listener question from Eno mm. Cunaguero who asked, "Are we in for Van Dyke just because we can't get Laporta and Benucci?" And I think your your piece on Laporta answers part of that question. But um, basically, what's the state of play with the center back position right now? How serious are they? And uh, I, I know you you alluded to the fact that you would not be shocked if the uh, Virgil van Dyke reports were true, but um, just in general at that position, what what what's the state of play there? Yeah, well, like I say, it doesn't it doesn't seem like you know, like I said, there's there's five targets locked in for key positions, and you know that doesn't include a centre back. So you know that it's only logical to conclude that you know a centre back isn't seen as the biggest priority at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think they probably should sign another centre back. Uh, it, it certainly makes sense, uh, and that's not just depending on company. Uh, although we never, you know, we never know if he's going to be fit or not. Just I think they could do with with more quality in there. But um, yeah, they part of what I was saying earlier about Mbappe as well is there's a lot of moving parts regarding the rest of their summer business, which isn't included in the first five names, and. Part of that is they might not sign a centre-back at all. Uh, I've been told there are three names under discussion for the centre-back, and Van Dijk is the main one. Um, I don't know who the other two are. And the thing with Van Dijk is you may not have seen because it's very early over there, but and I don't know why this is, because it's only just come up on Twitter, but everybody now is going into meltdown on Twitter saying Van Dijk's going to Liverpool, but nobody <laughs> but no, nobody concrete has reported it. And I mean, it may happen, but nobody concrete has reported it. It's isn't just it, been... Isn't it more or less just because the betting odds shifted significantly? Well, I don't know. If, uh, that's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. I don't know if it's because of the odds shifted significantly or the odds shifted significantly because a load of people were talking about it on Twitter. I don't know where it started, but... It, it just it just doesn't sit right with me because it's not like one person one person has put their name to it or one news outlet has said this is what's happening. Um, it it's just a bit of a strange one, but that notwithstanding, as I say, there I think there could be a situation where City don't sign a centre back at all. And even with Van Dyke, it didn't sound like they had the same level of confidence with him as they did with the other five. Um, maybe they always knew that Chelsea and Liverpool were in and, and maybe they'd, they'd like to go somewhere else, maybe even prefer to go somewhere else. So, yeah, that one is a lot more fluid. And, yeah, you said, I've said I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he came and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't because that lengthy article I did on it on Friday about how it's tied into Mbappe, it's just so fluid and there's just so many different moving parts. It's, it is impossible to know and... That's just the situation at the moment with Van Dijk and the other centre-backs as well. Um, it, it all depends, and I'm, I'm not sure if even a decision is going to be made on it at the moment. Um, but yeah, in terms of the other names, Bonucci, I've spoken to two people who know, and they both say Bonucci's not a target. One just says he's not on the list this time around, and one just says it's because the same kind of personal reasons which stopped him coming last year um, are still in play now. So... Whatever the reasons are, it sounds like 
Bonucci isn't isn't a target. Um, whether that changes, whether City don't get Mbappe and Van Dijk goes to Liverpool in the meantime, and they decide that they could do with Bonucci after all, maybe it'll change. But certainly at the moment, um, he's not been one that's been worked on over the last two or three months. The other names, yeah, Laporte, uh, he's not not on the list seemingly because of what happened a year ago with the last minute rejection. Um, who was the athletic Atletico Madrid defender that was linked at the back end of last uh, week? Lu- Lucas Hernandez. That's it. Yeah, yeah apparently. The, the story was that if Atletico had their transfer ban, yeah. he would come this summer, if not next summer, which seems kind of convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that was also the night before the transfer ban was confirmed. But apparently he's not on the list either and has, has, has never been. So, yeah, apparently there are, there are, there are three options for centre-back if they do want to sign one. Um I don't. I only know Van Dijk, and I just know that those are the three. They're 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 not options. And I think if Marquinhos is mentioned, I'm not sure if he's a target or not. But from what I've heard from our, our PSG correspondent, who's very good, is PSG wouldn't sell him anyway. So that's probably a fourth name we could rule out at the moment. Yeah, it doesn't seem like PSG are in a hurry to sell off their best players if you look at the money that they're likely going to spend on Obama Yang, which is, is to me, I didn't even see that coming. I, I thought for sure that Obama Yang would be off to Real at this point. I didn't even... PSG never entered into my my thought process, but... Now you see the moves they're trying to make. It would seem almost antithetical that they would then get rid of some of their best players when they're trying to bring people in. Is that sort of the sense around PSG with some of their players? Yeah, it seems like it. I think, and I think, obviously they didn't win the league this year, and for years they've been building towards being dominant in France and winning the Champions League as well. And they haven't come close to winning the Champions League since they got rid of Ancelotti, or sorry, since Ancelotti left, which is years ago now. Um, and obviously they've not won the league this time, so they are going to really double down, I think. And I just really can't see them letting any of their best players leave, and particularly, you know, the the young guys. Um, and Marquinhos is one that could really be a big player for them, not just in the you know in the next couple of years, but for years beyond that as well. So yeah, that 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 certainly makes sense. I don't think they're going to want to get rid of anybody this season because it's a it's a bit of a crucial point for them and in their quest to become a a dominant super club yeah i look at qsi and sort of you you see the similarities between qsi and cfg and what they're trying to accomplish obviously there's the middle eastern uh aspect to both clubs but PSG, to me, seem like they're a bit further behind City in, in, in the process. Um, I don't know whether that's due to player acquisitions or, you know, letting Laurent Blanc go and bringing in Unai Emery. It, it, it just seems to me that they are in the process of trying to build a Champions League squad rather than unload players that are Champions League caliber. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, th- I think I, I think they're pretty much at the same stage as City in terms of their evolution. They're, I think they've they've not got really close to winning the Champions League, but you know there was a. There was a time when they ran Barca close under Ancelotti, but it was only Messi who came on and, and turned it towards the end. And again, City obviously got to the semis last season, 
obviously didn't get close enough to actually making the final, but they've kind of they've had glimpses of of European success, but nothing too concrete. And then obviously in the league, they're fighting a a battle to to stay on track. Obviously, City have got a. I mean, I don't. I'm not one of these. Uh, English football sycophants who who champions the Premier League, but I think it is I think it's indisputable to say that the Premier League is more competitive than the French league, and, and certainly in terms of the top sides. So I think City have had more competition domestically, but yeah, I think City and PSG are probably about the the same level in terms of where they've evolved since the the respective takeovers. Um, and yeah, and that is why I think PSG would have had a big wake up call. So not they're certainly not going to want to be selling people at the moment. Mm-hmm. especially with all the other big clubs who they're trying to compete yeah. with hoovering up the yeah. talent yeah exactly that's sort of my thought on it like why unload when when especially if you're if you're going after obama Yang with the, the type of money that he's going to command in the transfer market it would like i said it would seem almost you know almost i don't know what the word i'm looking for here is it's too early for me, but they, it, it just seems like it would hurt what they're trying to do in terms of their progress to unload these players. Um, just real quick, I, I am curious how with Virgil Van Dyke, it's it's a name that's that sort of hung around. It, it, it he looks to be like. The, the center back target that City are going to go for. I know Trevor Sinclair, you know, chimed in on Twitter yeah. uh, say, saying that for him, Virgil van Dijk is better than Benucci. I don't know how much I agree with that, but I, I think that Virgil van Dijk probably represents something that City would want. I mean, he he's Dutch, so he's going to understand total football. He's going to understand what Guardiola wants to do. Does that sort of play into why he's been elevated as a transfer target? Is because he has the ability to step right in and do what Guardiola wants with regard to possession and ball movement? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's certainly got he's got all the all the skills you need because he's incredibly strong. He's very fast as well, even though he's big and strong. He is very he is very fast and he is good on the ball as well. So all those basic attributes, he's got them really. And I, I was looking at him closely um, a few months ago when he was linked in January, and I concluded back at the time when well, it was certainly a signing that would make sense. Um, and I can only imagine that that is that is exactly why he's top of the list now obviously combined with the fact that there are other players they could potentially want but won't ever get, and not just the ones on the list, because you know, I'm sure they would sign PK if if they could, but it's just not going to happen. They might even sign Ramos if they could, but it's not going to happen. The boating, you know, I could go on. Um, but yeah, in, in his own right, Van Dijk has certainly got all the attributes to be the top target. Um, it just, like I say, the, the rest of their business is so fluid. And when you consider... The five targets they do want, and we've talked about Walker and Mendy, you know, their clubs wanting to keep them and how difficult Alexis is. They're still difficult, even though they are the five main ones. So you can only imagine how difficult it is for the rest. So it's it's kind of a weird place at the moment because I still wouldn't rule out City buying him. But all this stuff about Liverpool, it's just, it's impossible to know because even last week when the reports first came out and I followed it up, it was 
you know, it was impossible to nail down at the time, and it's only only more so now. But yeah, he certainly got all the attributes, and and you're right, he he just fits, and he's he's a good age as well. I think he's he's 25, mm-hmm. and he's got Premier League experience, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that Gray pointed out is that you, you know you get these guys in, especially with Alexi Sanchez. You have guys that are tried and tested in the Premier League. You know what you're getting. You know what type of quality you're getting. Whereas you look at some of these other players, particularly a guy like Marquinhos or, or maybe some of these guys from League On that they're looking at. I just don't know how well the quality transitions over to the Premier League because it's like you said. I mean... It's it's really that the Liga should just be PSG. The fact that Monaco won this year is is really just down to I think PSG unloading their top striker talent in 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 uh, why am I forgetting his name because I don't care uh, that guy that plays for United Zlatan, Zlatan. yes <laughs> Zlatan. <laughs> they they unloaded him, and that's a lot of goals to get rid of. Now, Mbappe, uh, or excuse me, uh, Cavani stepped up and I think really proved his worth this season. But again, it, it's it, it really comes down to what clubs are willing to sell versus what clubs are trying to enhance their own profile. And I see clubs like Tottenham... Um, and, and PSG as, as clubs that are trying to build their profile, which is why I'm curious that, that some of these names for, for Tottenham have popped up because it doesn't it, it feels like Tottenham should be acquiring rather than unloading. Yeah, um, but you know, they've never been great spenders of money. And also, they've kind of, to be honest now, at least with Pochettino, they... They do kind of have an an idea of the players they want, but in recent years they haven't had that much success either. Um, Sissoko was a was about thirty million pounds, and people people were unsure about that at the time. And, and it turns out that it wasn't it wasn't a good buy at all. I think you could kind of see what he was after, Pochettino when he bought him, but it hasn't really worked out. Um, I think Lamella is a great player, but he's had terrible injury problems, and he took a while. You know, he was part of that that famous group that were bought after they sold Bale. He was part of the, the investment there. And it's, it's, it took him a good two or three years to, to even show glimpses of what he can do. And now he's injured. And then you've got a young Min son who's had a good season, but it, it took him a while to, to settle down. So that is the thing with Spurs though. They've, they've never bought big players. I'm talking, you know, recently because they have had, you know, a lot of very good players going back to the sixties with Jimmy Greaves and people like that. And obviously Gaza 20 odd, 30 years ago, um, but yeah, certainly recently they just they don't buy big, and they don't really have too much of a track record um, of buying well. But they are going to look at the kind of the signings they've had recently because obviously Deli Ali uh, has been superb for them. A great, he was a great purchase from MK Dons, um, and yeah, people like Young Min Son. They're the they're the kind of players they'll go after. But for everyone like that, they've got somebody. Remember they signed Clinton Ng, who was a young, talented fast French winger who is just rubbish by all accounts but that's that's Spurs for you and that's the kind of model they've got he's so good in FIFA too I love (laughs) him in FIFA (laughs) Uh, I I wanted to uh, I wanted to touch on a couple uh, 
quick things here. Um, is is there is is there any seriousness about like a city signing another another midfielder? Because we've we've heard these really tenuous links to uh, Fabinho and William Carvalho, but none of it seems all that particularly serious. Mm. Yeah, again, centre midfield isn't. I assume well, this is another one of their moving parts, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think you know, I think centre back is probably top of the the second list of priorities, if you see what I mean. And I mm-hmm. think. I think central midfield is even is even lower down than that, which I don't know when that changed because certainly a few months ago it seemed like when the plans were being put together, the central midfield was a key area. But maybe the fact that Torre has finished the season so well and is staying, um, I think that means that it gives them a year. And also the money that's being spent elsewhere, and if they don't get this transfer back, if they strengthen the rest of the squad by bringing in the, the top two fullbacks, maybe a centre back, and obviously I think they'll look for a backup fullback as well, um, and obviously a goalkeeper, and they strengthen the forward line, and obviously Bernardo Silva next year when it comes to the money, and if they can spend three hundred million pounds again, or two hundred million pounds again, they can get um, they can dedicate that money to a, a midfielder and like a proper midfielder, um, not kind of like Fabinho, who is a good player, but it sounds like they want 50 million for him anyway, which sounds like a lot. Yeah, um, it's absurd. And William Carvalho, who is cheap, but he's cheap because he's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gray, Gray absolutely agrees with you. It, yeah, it, I, I said, please don't. He's, he's, it's not mobile enough. We've already done this once with Fernando. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned backup fullback because we got so many questions on... <laughs> We we got. I'll, I'll just read the one one of the ones we got. It's from Jay Green six two nine three, who was like, "Who are the secondary targets for fullback if we get Walker and Mendy? Because they can't play sixty games. They need backups. Are we just going to have Kolarov as a backup? Are we going to see youngsters? Um, are there are there any youngsters who are going to play next season? Ringo Matrix asked that. So uh, what's what's the plan for cover at fullback? Assuming they get their two targets there. Yeah, they do want at least one other fullback. In terms of backup, um, last I heard, although this was a, a couple of months ago, was Maffeo was Pablo Maffeo was going to go out on loan again. So I'm not sure if it's going to be him. Um, I don't think there's going to be any youngsters contributing um, just yet, filling those gaps. I think they, at the moment, they're going to look to 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 bring in others. I know um, Serge Aurier. At PSG, now that might be a player that PSG are willing to sell, but I, I need to check that one out. Still, I'm just going by what I've, I've seen in the papers, and maybe that would make sense because he's certainly got the attributes in terms of the physicality and the distance he can cover, and you know the, the broad attributes. Um, I've heard Nelson Semedo isn't an option. Um, don't know why on that one, just that he isn't. Um, and again, with Fabinho, the the thing which, you know, whenever I've championed signing Fabinho in the past, although I didn't realise it'd be 50 million, is that he can play right back and he can play in midfield. So you just, I mean, why why not why not get him and just have, have him as, as the option? But obviously, if he's going to cost so much money, then maybe it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, C- City have got a lot of it. So it still makes sense to me, but apparently Fabinho is not on the list either. So... I don't know, but yeah, the, I mean, the plan for a fullback is they will still get another one. Okay. But um, yeah. I, I've, at the moment, I I really don't know who it is. Yeah. Works for me. Um, 
So we were talking about all these incomings and how much they're going to toss. And um, so before we finish up, I wanted to ask about outgoings. Um, You already mentioned Kalechi Iheanacho is probably on his way. Um, City have that entire group of players on loan. Joe Hart, Eliakim Mangala, Samir Nasri, all of whom figure to have no future at the club and could be sold. Um, Yeah. Is is there any is there any progress on any of that that we know of? I know there were very strong links to for Ianacho to West Ham recently. Um, and are there any other players that we're not mentioning here that you think might be moved out the door before the summer is over? Uh, well, in terms of the players, in terms of the players going out, no, I haven't heard any updates. And mainly because, in all seriousness. Because in the last week it's been so busy with incomings, I've mainly focused on that because you know there is a there is a, a strong feeling, justifiably so, that those players are on loan, they are going to go, and those players leaving, they're not going to be any huge loss. It's not like if it were Aguero that would be worth looking into, but I mean if Ianacho's going to go, then we've got a broad idea of of why and where and for how much. Uh, Nolito as well, if he goes back to Spain, fine. Um, and then it's just people like Fernando and Delph who, you know, are good players in their own right, but maybe just not right for, for Guardiola and didn't play much last season. So, yeah, to be honest, I haven't um, spent much effort over these last 10 busy days looking into who's going because, well, or, or at least where they're going, because like I say, it's, it's the only real impact it has is how much money they're going to make by selling them all together. And if, if they can scrape together 100 million by selling off six seven players that they don't even need in the first place and that'll be really good but but that seems to be about it at the moment uh in terms i don't think in terms of shocks or bigger names going i, I don't know it'd be interesting to see if this interest in otamendi from real madrid this supposed interest actually materializes it'd be interesting to see what they do there because maybe that could affect van dyke if it's not too late by then or or another another option um and obviously there's aguero as well um there's there's been a lot of obviously City all the way through have said there's there's never been any chance that he was going to leave and obviously Caldun Al Mubarak has said it was always I think he said the speculation was ridiculous but I think I think we're all adults I think we can all realise that there was something amiss there a few months ago it's definitely all I think the situation has definitely all changed a bit well a, a lot in fact since Gabriel Jesus got injured and Aguero obviously stepped up so admirably and he and you kind of think why would he and how would he improve so much if he was if he was pissed off basically and if you wanted to leave why would you do it um so it certainly does seem like he's going to stay but I think that's one for the back burner really um and if Alexis and Mbappe do come in maybe he thinks if he you know if he was annoyed about giving up his base to Gabriel Jesus then he might be annoyed about losing his place to another two potentially world-class strikers as well. So I think that's one for the back burner. But right now, I still think it's going to be difficult to get rid of most of the players on, who are out on loan because they earn a lot and City are probably going to want a decent amount of money for them. And you're not going to get clubs paying both. Um, but I think they'll, they will find buyers eventually and hopefully the Chinese or Turkish markets start to help out. Mm-hmm. But no, there's no, no, nothing specific, really. That's just okay. that's just the thinking on it, really. Literally, literally, as we're recording this, several papers, including Paul Joyce for the Times, have reported that Virgil Van Dyke wants to join Liverpool this summer. So there you go. 
Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't normally break in to say that, but uh, it's, no, no, it's rather it's relevant to our discussion right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, Josh, did you have – that was basically all all we wanted to cover i think we we got the, the questions in but um did, do you have anything else that you uh wanted to ask Sam yeah I I, I I i did i did want to cover the aguero situation because there's been a lot of speculation that he could go but as we've covered in this podcast the way he stepped up at the end of the season particularly with gabriel jesus out it would seem to me that selling Aguero would be more harmful than good, yet I still see his name, uh, particularly with United, which I can't for the life of me figure out why City would sell Aguero to United. That would just be a monumentally stupid move. Um, but yet, that's that's where you see uh, this possibly going, how likely is it that Aguero is on this team next year? I still think it's he's more likely than not to stay, definitely, um, just because of that turnaround in the last few months. Um, as, as I said, in, to, to put a number on it or a percentage, as I say, you know, it's one for the back burner because I do think it's an issue which could rear its head later on I do still think there's a possibility of him going but I'd probably downgrade that now to about 30% and all season I've never been quite sure it's always been eh, probably stay now and it was 60-40 or oh I think he'll probably go and it, it was always 60-40 but now I mean it's probably 70% in favour of him staying and 30% in favour of him going which is still an, an increase you know that's better odds than I'd have given it at any point, really, up until the last the last few weeks, um, there is still a chance, but I don't think that's an issue for now. I've, I think that's something that will only become become known later in the summer. And if they do we'll sell him, though, they're not going like it. Please tell me they're not going to sell him to another Premier League club. Like the idea would be to no. move him out of the country. Yeah, I mean, the only times when I've I've kind of talked to people about it and. Look, even if even if the people who do know who have been telling me stuff about the targets and you know the confidence inside and all the others, they're probably sworn to secrecy on Aguero anyway. So if anything is happening, I probably wouldn't know. But the I've heard China mentioned a few times, but it's been kind of through the prism of oh well, if a Chinese club makes an offer, then maybe it'd go, which isn't something I'd ever I'd ever expect Aguero to do. Certainly at this point, but right. But I mean, the thing is, when you go to China, you can kind of, if you're big enough, you can kind of set make your a, own wages. <laughs> yeah, set your own wages, but also kind of set your own demands, really. And if you wanted to go after a couple of years, then, or maybe one, I, mean, I think you probably could. So maybe that would be one route to, for him to go back to Argentina at a good age. But yeah, I don't think it. I don't think he'd go to any other Premier League team. Um, I I can't see that happening. If if he did go, if he did. Like, like, we can just kill the United rumors here and now, right? Like, Was it ever really alive? Yeah, <laughs> was it? <laughs> were they ever really considering selling Aguero to United? I guess is the, the no, I don't, question. I don't know about considering. I don't know if they'd even thought about it. Um, 
I know there was a story saying United are interested, but when I spoke to Aguero's people, and yeah, you know, they're not all, you know, Aguero's people don't really speak to the press anyway. Um, yeah. Which is probably why he's been, you know, City have never had a problem with him really because of that. But they just laughed when I mentioned the, the United stuff. And they said, well, look, maybe Mourinho does want him, but they haven't been in touch with me. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like, well. Kind of, kind of what I expected. Yeah, it's just kind of. Wait, so yeah. Wait. I, I, the United thing hasn't been mentioned for a while, and with good reason, I, I imagine. Yeah, and, and we also figure, it's like you said, if Aguero was going to go, the likelihood that you would know about it seems nil and not, because that would be a player yeah. that I would I would think City would want to keep quiet if they were going to move him for several reasons. One, the fee that he would command. Two, the outrage that would happen if he were to be sold. I'm sure there are a number of fans who would pop up and be like, what the hell? Um, and, and, and three, just that, like you said, Aguero doesn't seem like the type to agitate for a move. Um, if he did, it would seem like he would want to go back to Independiente, which is where he stated that, that he would like to finish his career. And, I think to the mind of any City fan, that's fine. If he wants to go back to Independiente, okay, all right, cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But going to United or or any of these other Premier League clubs that have been tossed around, I think that would inspire outrage from the likes we've never seen before. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any huge controversial hey, move in terms analysis. of him um, hey. going to you guys another go. Premier League club. But yeah, it's one of those where, and this may be lessened a bit now, because if Guardiola does get all the targets he wants, then it's kind of like, well, at least we've got these players, so this is what we're going to do. You have to trust me. But it would be one of those where if Aguero went, it'd have no leeway at all, and there'd be there'd be a lot of pressure on him straight away. Um to, to get things right because I mean losing Hart is one thing and obviously we know how a lot of people feel about that but losing Aguero is, is quite another yeah that was going to be my basically my final question to you was uh, Hart seems to be like the biggest name that, that is likely to be moved on this year uh, but there's also speculation that, that Hart wants to come in and, and fight for his position now with the signing of Ederson one would assume that Joe Hart stands absolutely no chance. I, I, I mean, with Ederson and Bravo, Joe Hart to me seems like he'd be at the at the bottom of, of, of the goalkeeper rung. So therefore, he would he would be one of the guys that City could move on for a decent fee. Mm. Um, but he's also been linked to clubs like Liverpool and things like that. I don't think Joe Hart would be a guy that people would be upset about if he moved to another Premier League club. Um, what's what's kind of the, the, the sense you gather with Joe Hart? Is he going to be moved on? Is he going to come back? Is he going to stay in Italy? I mean, what's, what's the, the general sense with him? Yeah, he will be moved on. Um, in terms of where he's going to go, I, 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 it seems it seems Premier League options seem quite slim. There's not there's not a host of clubs coming forward, or at least not a host of clubs comparable to to City. Um, there's you know th- again there were stories about United before, and I just wonder if thing is these Hart and Aguero stories are at the same time. I just wonder if there was just a bit of mischief going on 
Um, I just I don't know. I can't really see United wanting to replace De Gea with with Hart. Um, I just don't really I just don't really see that no. as, a, as a as a viable option. Um, and yeah, there's talk of Roma now in Italy being interested because it looks like Szczesny's going to go to Juventus. So maybe uh, maybe maybe Roma would appeal because that, I mean that might be the the biggest club. The biggest club he could he could get, but again, World Cup year maybe he'd want to be in the Premier League and proven he can do it. Um, but it just seems like there isn't a list of big clubs at the moment. He well, wants to be English clubs. Keepers. Most clubs have keepers already. Is the yeah. thing. I just don't understand why Juve would move for Chesney like over Hart. Like I mean, you're going to replace. Uh, it's my understanding that Hart didn't have the world's greatest season in Italy this year. No, I didn't exactly no. Watch much of him, 60, but... 62% save percentage is probably not the ideal, uh, especially in, a, in a, uh, a league like Serie A where it's more defensive than offensive. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how you rate Hart at this particular point. Like, I don't know what kind of a keeper he is because we... People were talking about him being world class, but then when he moved to Italy, you can kind of make the argument, well, if he was world class, he definitely would have had a better season in Italy. Like this sort of, to me, justifies moving him on in that you can see he, he, he has his struggles. He definitely has his struggles. And so maybe the world class thing was a bit premature with Joe Hart. I just he's a guy I don't know about. I don't I don't I don't know how to rate him. I don't know where I, I could see him going. I don't know what clubs would be interested. He's just he's just sort of a bag of questions for me in in a sense. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a question we don't really need to worry about because he's not. He's yeah. Not, sorry. He's not part of. He's just not part of the plans. He he can't do what Guardiola wants. He's he's made it clear to Guardiola last preseason that he wasn't going to try and change, and and help what he does. Um, I know City fans have got a lot of emotional attachment to him, and it makes a lot of sense. And I completely understand that because of the role he played in all the success. Um, but I, yeah, he basically, if City were linked with a with a goalkeeper. And he was a foreign player playing in... If it was a foreign goalkeeper who played for Torino and he'd had a season like he had, no City fan would want him back. Because he, he didn't have a good season at Torino. Um, I think that that's accepted by everybody. And then you've also got... You've just, you've just got the fact that people people will defend that by saying, yeah, well, you know, he was, in a, he was yeah, in a different yeah, yeah. country and, you know, anyone can have a bad season. But then you can say the same about Claudio Bravo. It's, you know, you can't you can't have it both ways. But basically, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with her. I, I, what I will say is, fair play to him for going and giving Italy a go, um, having a go with a language and trying something new. Um, but I think as he admitted himself, he went there because he didn't have a lot of options, and I, I think that could be similar again this season. And he is a very good goalkeeper. I think he, he's better than what he showed at Torino, but he's just not a suitable goalkeeper for. For Guardiola, and that's, that's, as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as City, well, Guardiola is concerned, that's that's the end of it. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I and I didn't mean to 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 push on him. He's just sort of a guy no, no, that's fine. 
that I that I have no idea about. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with that, man, we we definitely want to uh, give you the opportunity to to talk about what you have going on. Unless there were any last uh, listener questions you wanted to get in, Gray, I think I think, I think I'm good. We covered them all. Yeah, I think we well, covered them all in in a uh, certain sense, either in, through our questioning or theirs. I think we got it all. So, yeah. uh, Sam, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at, at Sammy underscore goal. Um, and you can find my work on goal.com. I think, I think it's quite heavily featured on the US site. It's we heavily featured on the, yeah. yeah, on the UK site. So yeah, that's where you'll see me. There's also a, a Facebook account. I think you probably just have to search Sam Lee on Facebook for that and, and look out for me there. So yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm quite busy. You definitely, you definitely, you definitely are. Uh, my my final question. I had mm. no idea that you were a United fan, and and, and like I I I read that online in a response to it was it was more look at the job that Sam Lee does, and he is a United fan. Like it, people can be objective and support another club. I think was was the overall. Uh, gist of that and i i just wanted to say man you do like i i was sort of gobsmacked to find that out because of the job that you do with city like it's so fair it's so honest it's so in-depth and 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 good (laughs) that i i I would have sworn that you were a city fan so uh, yeah, I, I'm just I, I, I think you do an amazing job, dude. That's that's really all I wanted to say. I was kind of surprised to find that out because of how well you you handle the city beat. Ah, oh, cheers. Basically, I just I just I just take I just take what I do seriously and just want to be good at it. So I've, I've, I don't know if people are expecting you know United fans just to to subtly try and wind up City fans or maybe maybe the United fans who could do that because they cover so many different clubs and you know and and yeah and it, and it doesn't matter but I mean if I'm you know I wouldn't want to wind up City fans anyway I don't see any point in it there's I don't need abuse on Twitter it's not it's not what no. I'm in, it's not what I'm in for but also I'm only writing for City fans so I'd have nothing to gain whatsoever by by winding them up from day one and making the same kind of jokes they need to hear about you know on facebook comments on whatever or at work it it just it just it's i don't know there's just there's just no need to do it and i i i wouldn't want to do it anyway that kind of petty football banter isn't really for me regardless of, of who it is you know maybe, maybe i'll have the odd jive at arsenal or liverpool but it's it's only it's just generic stuff but the the kind of the kind of stuff maybe that people would expect from a united fan covering city it's it's not really not really for me to be honest. I just want to just want to do a good job, and I'm not going to do that by annoying people. No, and, and you do a fantastic job. That's really what I want. The, the the point that I wanted to make in all of this is that the job you do is sensational, and I was kind of gobsmacked to find that out because of how we're not used to that here in America. It's sort <laughs> really? of it's yeah, it's 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 very weird. I'm I mean it's it's somewhat Duncan Castleish here in America when you get people that cover certain clubs or certain teams. There there's a sense of I'm about this team, I'm about this club with those guys. So especially with recruiting too. 
there, it's very fan-y, fan-ish with the reporters. So we're not we're not quite fully used to that here in America, but I just wanted to, to give you a little kudos for the job that you do. Not this was not to call you out, it was to commend you no, no. on the job that you do. It's sensational. That that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thanks very much. It, it means a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you can, as for us, you can find us on Twitter at America Citizens, and you can um, subscribe to us on iTunes. And we are sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. And before we finish, uh, rest in peace to Czech Teote, who has passed away in China at the age of thirty. Shockingly, um, yeah. the former Newcastle player. So that's shocking, and our thoughts are with. him his family and those who played with him and knew him. Um, Ooh, as- last, last bit of business. Okay. I, I did want to say that I am excited today. We are going to be pulling out the funds and giving them to, to, uh, to, to David Mooney, uh, to support, uh, the, we love Manchester, uh, uh, campaign. And I'm really excited about doing that. I, I really do, uh, I think that the the one love Manchester was was sensational. It was sensational, and and the people that turned out to support that and and to to show their love for Manchester, I thought was and any any little bit that we can do to help over here in the states is is something that that Absolutely. we feel honored to do, man. Absolutely. So, kudos um, to you guys in, mm-hmm. in Manchester. All right, for great. Sure. Um, Sam. Thank you for joining us, as ever. Um, we kept you a little long, but we're sorry. But thank you no, for joining us. No, no, it's us. fine. Thank, thank you very much. Cheers, <laughs> thank guys. Thank you for Enjoyed joining it. us, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And everyone who's listening, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.